Hello and welcome to The Grove Zone. You have tuned into the podcast of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. At Union Grove, we are learning, serving, giving, and connecting under the leadership of our senior pastor, Dr. David Anthony Clark, Sr. For more information on Union Grove, find us on the web at www.thegrovewr.org. And now, here's a word from the Lord. We're launching a new sermon series today entitled, From Now On. From now on, Minister Freeman read the scripture that we're going to share from today to launch this sermon series, Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, Minister Freeman has already read those verses, so I'm not going to read them. But I do want to read verse 10, verse 10, Luke chapter 5, verse 10, from the New Living Translation. Luke chapter 5, verse 10, from the New Living Translation. Keep your Bibles or your apps open. Uh, We're going to look at several scriptures in this text give us understanding but uh, this sermon series the title of it comes from verse number 10 in the New Living Translation which reads as this reads thusly his partners James and John the sons of Zebedee were also amazed Jesus replied to Simon don't be afraid from now on you'll be fishing for people from now on you'll be fishing for people. Let me also greet all of our Facebook live audience, our YouTube live audience, to our conference call audience and everybody on the conference call. We will continue the conference call even after next Sunday as well. All right, so this new sermon series comes from uh, verse 10, from now on, from now on. That's the sermon series title and the title of today's message, from now on. How many of you remember when you could take someone to the airport and it was no big deal to accompany them all the way to their gate to see them off when they boarded the plane. Doing that was normal, remember? Remember even it was no big deal to go through security check without having to remove your shoes or your belts or remove liquids from your carry-on bag? But September 11th caused a new normal to replace all of that. Remember when we could buy over-the-counter medicine before it had these seals under the plastic top? The Chicago Tylenol murders of 1982 caused a new normal to replace that. In some states, minors under the age of 18 cannot purchase over-the-counter cough syrup to keep them from using it to get high. This has become a new normal since around 2012. Sometimes, y'all, persons, organizations, or even whole societies will make changes only on the heels of a very dramatic event. Many of us never make personal changes unless we feel as though we're forced to do something like a Hurricane Katrina, loss of the head of a household, life-threatening illness, suddenly becoming a caregiver for a loved one, or a worldwide pandemic. Today's text involves a very dramatic event that resulted in a new normal. The story begins with Jesus preaching at the beach one day. A crowd had gathered to hear what he had to say. And while Jesus is preaching and the crowd is gathering, some fishermen are a little ways off cleaning their nets. They had a bad night. They're cleaning their nets to prepare for the next time they go out. Had a bad night, but it's not over. It's not the end of their business. It's just they had a bad night. They clean the nets and they're ready for the next time they're going to go out. They may have had a bad night, y'all, but, but, but they're, they're cleaning the nets to get ready 
uh, to go out again and they're probably going to go home to start this routine all over again. Get up, get in the boat, cast the nets, retrieve the nets, gather the fish, get to the shore, separate the fish, sell the fish because they're not fishing for leisure. This is their business. This is how they earn a living. All right. So they're going to retrieve. They're probably doing this as a routine to clean the nets and then and then go home and then get up the next day. Get up, get in the boat, cast the nets, retrieve the nets, gather the fish, get to the shore, separate the fish, sell the fish, clean the nets, go home. Next day, same thing. Get up, get in the boat, cast the nets, retrieve the nets, gather the fish, get to the shore, separate the fish, sell the fish, clean the nets and go home. Day after day after day, every day. In fact, this this is probably what they would do every day except perhaps the Sabbath. This was probably their normal routine day after day. These men in our text are Jewish men, Peter and his brother Andrew, their business partners, James and John. They are part of an oppressed community, understanding that they are Jewish men under the Roman the rule of the Roman government. They're probably, like most Jews, probably poor. Most Jews in that day and that time, most of them were poor. These men probably are poor as well. They're unlearned men. We will learn from the book of Acts that these men are unlearned. They, they are uneducated. They, they may not be the most sophisticated men you could ever run into. Most Jews in that day and time, it wasn't uncommon to find illiterate, unlearned, unlearned uneducated Jews. These men are, are very likely in that same, that same category. But they're entrepreneurs. They're entrepreneurs. Again, y'all, they're not fishing for leisure. They're not fishing to fill up the cooler next to the other cooler with all the Michelob and the Miller and the Bud in it. They are fishing because this is their business. They don't fish with a, fit, with a rod and reel. They fish with nets to catch a whole bunch of fish so that they could take them to the market and sell them. This day, though, this day is a little different. This day of fishing is, is a little different. In fact, it's way different. Jesus got into one of the boats owned by Simon Peter. He and his brother Andrew, their business partners, James and John, uh, have now caught enough fish to make their nets break and nearly sink their boats. In verse 6, after, after Peter had taken the advice of Jesus and let down his nets for a catch, uh, the Bible says in verse 6, when they had, had, had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break, and they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, and that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships so that they began to sink. Uh, this event was certainly an unusual, extraordinary, abnormal experience. They probably were not expecting this incident, incident to happen, yet it happened. But we weren't expecting this pandemic, were we? We were not expecting this overflow of deaths. Over 224,000 in the U.S. and 1.15 million worldwide. None of us had this on our radar. Yet, here we are. Our sense of normal has been totally violated. It may be in our best interest to seek empowerment for a new normal. A new normal with face masks, fist bumps, social distancing, ordering groceries online unless you must go to the store, hand sanitizer on hand at all times, and giving people the side eye whenever you hear them cough. This pandemic is changing life as we know it. It can make us worse. It can make us better. This pandemic, y'all, it can be a coffin that kills our potential or a cocoon that propels our potential. 
This pandemic, you can let it get you down or you can allow it to bring you up. It can be a coffin that kills our potential or a cocoon that propels our potential. In our text, when this story ended, Peter, Andrew, James, and John left everything behind and became wholehearted followers of Jesus. Jesus told them in verse 10, from now on, You'll catch men. They made an exchange. They exchanged menial, mediocre living for meaningful, purposeful living. From now on, their lives will be undeniably different. How did such an exchange happen? How did this event prove life-changing for the better? How did they avoid the trap of allowing the awesomeness of this event to eventually wear off? They're entering a new normal that will last for the rest of their lives. Here's what we're going to extract from this text today and this coming Thursday. I'm not going to share all of it with you today, so let me give you a little bit of it now. But let me give you all five points we're going to cover today and Thursday right now. Here's how you can move from this pandemic, move into a new normal, better rather than worse. Number one, fall down. Number two, fess up. Number three, fear not. Number four, forsake all. And number five, follow him. I'm going to say it again. Number one, fall down. Number two, fess up. Number three, fear not. We're going to deal with those today. Thursday, forsake all. And then number five, follow him. One more time, just in case you missed it. Fall down. Fess up. Fear not. Forsake all. Follow him. Let's jump into this text and see if we can extract something that can help us in our walk with Christ. Number one, fall down. If I want this pandemic to have some from now on, my life is better from now on. I'm more sold out for Christ than ever before. From now on, I'm wiser than I've ever been. From now on, I'm not going to allow this pandemic to serve as my coffin. It, rather, it will be my cocoon. Number one, fall down. I'm in verse eight. Verse eight, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus knees saying depart from me for I am a sinful man O Lord Peter fell down his falling down is a sign of humility he falls down honoring Jesus that phrase fell down that phrase fell down it simply means y'all that he he fell down he, he literally fell down he fell down prostrate before Jesus he he fell down prostrate but listen listen he he fell forward that's what he did. He, he did not fall backward in shock of all this fish. No, Peter, he fell forward. That's what I want to challenge somebody to do today. In the midst of this pandemic, fall forward. Fall, fall forward in humility, a, a humility that comes from being in awe of Jesus. Peter is astonished with a strong astonishment. Such a strong astonishment. The Bible says that Peter was astonished. And this, this word astonishment means that he didn't just look at the fish and say, oh my, look at all those fish. Lay that all right. Won't he do it? No, that, that, that's all right right there. Look at all them fish. No, he's shocked. He's in awe. He can't believe it. He, he's, he's almost in a place of terror, very moved emotionally by what has just happened. Peter fell down. He fell forward. And I want to challenge you to go forward, fall, fall forward in awe of Jesus' power. The, the hymn writer said, all hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Peter fell down. He fell forward. 
And it was a demonstration of humility. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of the Lord and move forward as a totally surrendered follower of Jesus Christ. Now, what is meant by this notion of falling down? It's a good question. I'm glad you asked. Number one, Peter fell down as he saw Jesus more reverently. Peter fell down as he saw Jesus more reverently. Pete didn't fall down when Jesus first climbed in his boat. I don't think he saw Jesus as the Christ, the son of the living God yet. In fact, even with this situation, he may still not quite see Jesus as the son of God yet. Even in this situation, he may not see Jesus as God in the flesh dwelling among us yet. But his his reaction demonstrates reverence. He, he responds more reverently. I think this miraculous catch of fish helped old Pete to see Jesus more than another master, teacher, or rabbi like he referred to him back in verse number 5. In verse 5, when Jesus told him, why don't you let down your nets into the deep for a little catch? Pete was like, look, we fished all night, caught nothing. But master, teacher, rabbi, rib. Rep, since you say so, we'll give it a shot. Rep, I ain't going to disrespect you in my own boat. You're talking about my own profession, but Rep, I will do what you said. That's what Peter probably meant when he referred to Jesus as master in verse 5. In verse 8, Peter refers to Jesus as Lord. In verse 8, Peter refers to Jesus as Lord. That word translated Lord in verse 8 is the word kurios. Kurios. It can, ref it can refer to God, but it can also be just a notch above sir. All right. It's re but regardless of what Peter meant or may have meant in this text, this miracle clearly caused him to see Jesus differently, to see Jesus more reverently. He didn't call him Lord and fall down before, before Jesus, but before all these fish were filling these boats. He fell down afterward, demonstrating a greater measure of reverence, more reverence than when Jesus climbed in his boat. Second thing I, I want to share that what this falling down uh, tells us is Peter fell down because he saw Jesus power more clearly. He saw Jesus power more clearly. If we were to walk up to Pete while he's prostrate before the Lord and ask him why he fell down at Jesus knees, he'd probably tell us he's down there because he just saw Jesus do something awesome. The Bible says Peter was astonished. Again, he just saw Jesus do something amazing right before his very eyes. The Lord moved in the waters by his power and commanded one fish into the net and then another one and another one and a heap of them. Before you know it, there was a whole heap of fish in the net, so many that their nets were about to break and their ships almost sank. Jesus didn't put his hand in the water and direct the fish into the net. He didn't speak to the fish and command them into the net by virtue of his wondrous will. The fish had no choice but to swim into the net. Jesus just wanted the fish in the net and they swam into what the Lord wanted. Isn't that amazing? Peter didn't pray and believe the fish into the net. Peter didn't declare and decree the fish into the net. Peter didn't fast and anoint the waters with oil so the fish would get in the net. Jesus just came along and interrupted Peter's schedule with his unsolicited advice and his unsolicited miracle of abundance and overflow and the nets almost broke the ships almost sank Peter saw Jesus power more clearly that's why he's down there he fell down because he saw Jesus more reverently he saw Jesus power more clearly and then y'all Peter fell down as he honored Jesus more readily 
He honored Jesus more readily. Peter fell down with a quickness, y'all. Those fish almost sank those boats, and next thing you know, Pete is on the float. Pete is on the float so quick, his boat is full with Nemo Nim, and nobody had to tell Peter to bow down. No praise leader told Peter's neighbor to turn to him and tell him to fall down. He saw the fish in his boat, and as a demonstration, or rather, he saw, Jesus, he saw the fish in the boat as a demonstration of Jesus' power and honored him with a quickness. He was ready to fall down before the Lord. In the military, uh, Minister Freeman, we're, we're taught to jump to our feet at attention when certain high-ranking commission officers initially enter the room. We're taught to show honor readily. In a courtroom, the bailiff says, when the judge enters, all rise, and everyone in the courtroom who is able to do so is expected to immediately stand to their feet. That's showing honor readily. Peter honored Jesus with the honor he deserved. It took something amazing, something astonishing. But as he saw Jesus more reverently, as, his, as he saw his power more clearly, as he honored him more readily, uh, Peter is now positioned to move into a new normal. And from now on, we'll see a surrendered Simon Peter who has forsaken all and following Jesus. Let me ask you something. When is the last time Jesus blew your mind? When is the last time he amazed you? When you see Jesus more reverently, when you see his power more clearly and honor him more readily, that means you've been humbled. You fall down, you fall forward, especially if it lasts beyond the event. Do any of you see Jesus differently during this pandemic? So many people have died. So many have endured stints in ICU. So many people have struggled to take a breath lost their sense of taste and smell and still deal with the lingering effects of Rona. I'm going to tell y'all now, I see Jesus differently. This pandemic has humbled me. Rona has taken the lives of over 224,000 people in our country. I am more grateful than ever for how the Lord is keeping me alive. I thank the Lord for being able to breathe without struggling. I thank the Lord for being able to smell. I think, listen, I can taste my food. Lord, thank you. I slept in my own bed last night and not a bed in ICU. Lord, thank you. I have a Facebook friend who was in her pulpit just two weeks ago and in ICU a couple days ago. I see Jesus differently if you can breathe that's a blessing from the lord fall down and tell god thank you if you can taste your food that's a blessing from the lord fall down and tell god thank you if you are sleeping in your own bed and not an icu bed that's a blessing from the lord fall down and tell god thank you listen if you're still alive if he woke you up this morning i would encourage you to fall down in humility fall down in gratitude recognizing he didn't have to do it but he did and nobody could have done it but the lord if you're grateful to be here today i would encourage you to fall down in humility and tell god thank you but don't let it just be something for today come out of this pandemic with a new normal humble yourself under God's mighty hand see Jesus more reverently see his power more clearly honor him more readily so then how did this event how did this how did this this event transform how did it bring about a new normal for Peter Andrew James and John Peter fell down secondly Peter fessed up 
he fessed up. I'm still in verse number eight. When Peter saw it, when he saw all these fish, when he saw the power of Jesus demonstrated, when he saw that his nets were about to break and his ship were, was about to sink, verse eight says, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, watch this, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. I'm a sinful man. Simon Peter confessed he was a sinful man. He has a boat full of fish and he is confessing his sinfulness. He had a bad, unprofitable night of fishing, followed by a miraculous, amazing, record-breaking day of fishing, and he fessed up. I'm a sinful man. He didn't talk about the fish or how much money he could make off this catch. Because listen, with this boat being full of fish, his boat is full of money. His boat is full of money. Listen, he's not catching these fish to put them in the cooler. He's catching these fish to sell them. With a boat full of fish, that's a boat full of money. But Peter's not talking about money. Peter's not talking about how now he can pay off his boat or buy another boat or a better boat. Peter isn't talking about the stuff he can do with all of this money from this great day of fishing. No, Peter is talking about his sinfulness. He fessed up. I have a question, y'all. What did Peter mean by such a confession? What did he mean? I'm a sinful man. Was he fessing up about living an ungodly life? Was he fessing up about an unshakable addiction to painkillers or some illegal drug? Was he fessing up about trafficking drugs? Was he selling drugs out that boat? Uh, was he confessing about being engaged in human sex trafficking, abusing his wife? Did he have a side piece in a whole different family in another village? Uh, that, uh, in another village that he, his wife knew nothing about? Was he fessing up about cheating on his taxes and only paying 700? I'm not going to bother that. Right? Was he confessing? Was he fessing up about embezzling funds from his fishing business? What did Peter mean by his admission of being a sinful man? Perhaps he's simply confessing that he was not living up to the standards of righteousness set forth in the Old Testament law. Perhaps he's, perhaps he's fessing up not, uh, to not obey the covenant commandments God laid out in his word when Peter confessed he was a sinful man maybe he was admitting that he fell short of God's standard of righteousness prescribed by the law maybe his confession was related to an inability to honor the Sabbath and keep it holy maybe he considered himself a sinful man because he could not stop bearing false witness or coveting what belonged to his neighbor or stealing who knows who knows we don't know but what we do know what we do know is that his confession is tied to his asking Jesus to depart from him. Yeah. Confession is powerful. I'm going to come back to that. Confession is powerful. It's powerful. The Bible says confessing our sins releases the forgiveness and cleansing power of almighty God. The Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, has published a list. List in. List the letter N. Uh, it, it is a list of disinfectants effective for fighting against COVID-19. They have a list of products approved and proven effective to get rid of Rona germs. If you want to know if a product is powerful enough to get rid of Rona, Rona germs, just check list N. If a product is not on list N, I don't know if you want to use it to get rid of Rona germs. But this list of products uh, on list N can only clean surfaces. They can't clean people. Oh, what can wash away my sins? 
nothing but the blood of Jesus. What's on the list to cleanse me from sin? The blood of Jesus, the grace of God, and my confession. And my confession. When I confess my sins, I, I, that's on the list of what's able to cleanse me and forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. When I fess up sin that has messed me up, positions me for what's powerful enough to get cleaned up and move forward into God's list in a new normal. And I believe a new normal is waiting for you today. That's why we ought to take a closer look at Peter fessing up. Here's the first thing I want to share about Peter's confession. Number one, Peter fessed up, watch this, but he's not the only one who is sinful. Peter fessed up, but he is not the only one who is sinful. If Peter's confession of being a sinful man is due to his knowing he's falling short of the Mosaic law, then Peter certainly isn't the only one. Andrew would be in the same boat pun intended uh, James would be in the same boat pun intended John would be in the same boat all have sinned and come short of the glory of God so you if you are disturbed upset discouraged depressed because you can't quite get it right with God listen don't be intimidated by others who give you the impression that they have it all together all have sinned all struggle with temptations. All give in to some sort of temptation from time to time. So all of us need grace to help us along the way. Maybe you need a new normal of seeing yourself as an imperfect part of an imperfect people. Surrendered to a perfect God with perfect love and perfect grace. Maybe you need a new normal of not being intimidated by others who may be self-righteous and prideful. Who struggle with sin just like you do. You are not the only one. Another thing we learn about Peter's confession is Peter fessed up. Watch this. But Jesus didn't say anything about his sinfulness. Peter, Peter fessed up, but Jesus didn't say anything about his sinfulness. When Peter confessed his sinfulness, Jesus told him he'd catch men. Jesus didn't respond to Peter with words such as, yeah, about that, about your issues, bro. You got some issues. Peter, Jesus didn't even respond and say, you, you are a sinner and the father is displeased and you need to repent and get right. Jesus did not respond to Peter's confession by saying, Pete, if you weren't so sinful and messed up, I could really use your help in my kingdom. No, Pete talked about his sin. Jesus responded and addressed his fear. What does this, what does Jesus respond? to Peter suggest to us well it, it certainly does not suggest that Jesus isn't concerned about sin sin is a big deal to Jesus it is such a big deal that Jesus gave his life to deliver you and, de and to deliver me from the power and penalty of sin sin is a big deal with Jesus but Jesus not addressing Peter's fessing up of being a sinful man says, says out loud, do not allow who you have been to preclude who you can become. It also says to us, because of your Savior, because of our Savior, our gracious Savior, sinful folk can start over. If sinful living is your normal, because of our Savior, you can start over. If you are not totally, unequivocally, irrefutably obedient, you can confess your sins and start over in Christ. Whether you need to repent and be born again in Christ or simply confess your sins as a believer and be forgiven and cleansed from all unrighteousness, you can start over in Christ. 
Jesus did not condemn Peter. Jesus didn't rebuke Peter. Jesus, listen, Jesus did not walk away from Peter because Jesus, our Savior, is so gracious. Listen, he's so gracious. Folks who have sin issues can start over and walk into a new normal of God-ordained purposes and promises in his kingdom. A new normal is waiting for you. And if I were you, I would not allow who I have been to preclude me from who I can become. Finally, this issue of Peter fessing up and you and I confessing our sins, it shows us that Peter fessed up to a savior who, in him, to who himself embodies a new normal. Our savior himself, he is a new normal. Jesus embodies a new normal. He is God in the flesh. He is preaching the good news of the kingdom being at hand. He is pouring new wine into new wine skins. The author of Hebrews teaches us that everything about Jesus is better than what preceded him. He's a better sacrifice. He's a better mediator. He's a better high priest. Jesus is better. In fact, when Jesus declared, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your souls. Take my yoke upon you. He was inviting everyone to exchange yokes of religion for relationship. He was acknowledging that people were worn out trying to keep all the rules of the law and welcomed them to a new normal, a yoke of relationship with himself. That burden, in contrast to the one of the law, is easier and lighter. And when Peter confessed his sinfulness to Jesus, he was fessing up to someone who offered him a relationship rather than a religion. Let me ask you today, what do you have? Even if you're following Jesus, do you have a religion or do you have a relationship? Because everything in Jesus, he himself embodies a new normal. If any man be in Christ Jesus, he is, she is a new person, a new creation. Old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. A new beginning awaits you today. And it can happen, listen, it can happen if you confess how sin has messed you up. It can happen if you confess how your sins have kept you from becoming and accomplishing all that God has ordained. If I were you, I'd walk into this new normal by confessing my sins to God. I wouldn't be too hung up over what I can't get right. I wouldn't be too intimidated over other people who appear to have it all together. Rather, I'd come boldly before the throne of grace confident that I'm coming before a gracious God a compassionate God a loving God who can give me grace and to help me in mercy in my time of need if I were you I would simply confess my sin I know you got caught confess your sins and keep it moving I know they won't let you forget what you did confess your sins and move and keep it moving I know you've already been to rehab I know you're contemplating going back to rehab but no matter what you do confess your sins and keep it moving God is is a merciful God. God is a gracious God. He's not the God of a second chance. He's the God of another chance. If you know what I'm talking about, I need somebody to simply type I know that's right because I ran out of second chances decades ago but glory be to God. I confess my sins to the God of another chance and today serves before you an opportunity to begin again
again and to start over and walk into a new normal that God has waiting for you unless you decide to wallow in what you can't get right unless you decide to wallow in guilt that you can't dismiss unless you decide to 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 drown in intimidation or how other people won't let you forget what you did I'm telling you this pandemic can either be your coffin or it can be your cocoon you decide what is going to be I am in a cocoon I'm not dying in guilt I'm not dying in intimidation I'm not dying in what I can't get right I'm going to live in the mercy of God I'm going to live in the grace of God because the God I serve if I fess up he'll clean me up let me move on and get out your way finally Finally, these men walk into a new normal. From now on, their lives will never be the same. And during this sermon series, we're going to look at people who had those types of experiences. Where once they had a certain type of experience, their lives were never the same. Now, this situation we're looking at today, to be truthful with y'all, this situation presents uh, a situation uh, that's, that, that presents a transformation that's optional. That's optional. Peatnam, they could just resume fishing the next time uh, the shift comes around. They, they could just keep on going and fishing. But, but they decided, as we're going to see, they decided to forsake all and follow Jesus. And from that day forward, their lives are never the same. But we're going to look at some folk who didn't have an option. They had no choice but to walk into a new normal. We're going to look at them, but here's, here's a third and final thing I want to share with you today. As we have talked about, if you're going to walk into a new normal, if you're going to have a from now on in your life today, in this season, you need to fall down, you need to fess up, but third and finally, you need to fear not. You need to fear not. I'm in verse 10. Look at verse 10. Verse 10, and so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, fear not. Fear not. From henceforth, from now on, thou shalt catch men. Jesus told Simon Peter to fear not. From now on, he'd catch men. From now on, he'd be a faithful, surrendered servant in the kingdom. I have to ask, y'all, I have to ask, uh, what was Simon Peter afraid of? What was he afraid of? It's not explicitly stated. It may have had something to do with Jesus himself. He asked Jesus to depart from him. Right? Boat full of fish, and he asked Jesus, you, you need to go on. I, I don't know how to process all of this. I don't know what to make of this, man. I, I don't know who you are. Who, who does that? Are you, are you some kind of goony goo goo, brother? I mean, what, what is this going on here? Get away from me. Depart from me. He's so astonished and so, so full of terror. He asked Jesus to depart from him. Maybe he's freaking out over this situation and really don't know what to make of it. Maybe he doesn't even know why he's afraid. Regardless, Jesus told him, fear not, fear not. Um, I saw a post on Facebook yesterday from one of our beloved deacons, Deacon Jimmy Oglesby. And uh, uh, it's, it's, it's something how, how fear can drive you to make some changes. So, so Deacon Jimmy Oglesby post, posted a picture on Facebook yesterday where he was covered literally from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet. I mean, he had on a, he had on a mask and had everything covered. I mean, he had on like a hood. Everything covered up, totally covered up from head to toe. He was going on an assault against an underground hornet's nest in his yard. He already had one encounter with those hornets and was stung several times, but he wasn't having it yesterday. He wasn't having it yesterday. He totally covered up and was ready for them boogers. He, his previous encounter with those hornets made him see them differently this time and approached them with a little more respect 
than the last time. Yeah, he was afraid of being stung. That's there, and there's fear in this pandemic. All kinds of fear, fear of catching Rona, fear of dying, fear of losing jobs, fear of losing health insurance, places to live, fear associated with this election. People are afraid of Trump being reelected. People are afraid of Trump not being reelected. We're seeing people vote early in record breaking numbers. It's crazy. It's interesting, though. That Peter confessed his sinfulness and Jesus addressed his fear. He told him, fear not. Why not? Three things right quick. We're going to be done. Fear, here's why you need to fear not. Because, number one, fear can keep you from communing as God has ordained. Fear can keep you from communing as God has ordained. Peter, out of his fear, asked Jesus to depart from him. Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. Pete, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. Isn't it something? That although Peter asked Jesus to depart from him, Jesus stayed. He stayed. And I wonder how many of you have asked Jesus to depart from you. Maybe not out your mouth, but with your actions during this pandemic. You won't spend time with him. You won't go into prayer. You won't get in his word. You won't get still before him. You won't take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Some of you, by virtue of your actions, you've told, you've told Jesus, depart from me. I've been praying for you, Union Grove, that you would not grow far away from God, that you would not become socially distant from God. But I do want how many of us have become distant from God during this pandemic? Oh, if I were you, I would not ask Jesus to depart from me. Rather, I would commune with him as God has ordained. And the good news is Jesus stayed right there. And he and Simon Peter would be together all the time. From this day forward, he and Pete being together would be normal. Every, almost every time you would see Jesus, you would see Peter. When, when, listen, when, when, when they would be together when Jesus would feed multitudes, when he would walk on water, when he was being transfigured on the mountaintop, over and over again, situation after situation, Pete and Jesus were together. After this miraculous experience with these fish, Peter and Jesus would enjoy communion. They would enjoy fellowship. They would enjoy togetherness constantly even though he wanted jesus to leave him alone jesus stayed and they communed with one another until jesus ascended from earth to heaven and returned to our heavenly father i pray this pandemic does the same for you i pray fear or anxiety or nothing else uh, makes you distant from jesus rather may this pandemic cause you and jesus to commune as god has ordained i pray that you and jesus are together all the time where it's a conscientious togetherness on your part he promised that he would that that we, listen he promised if we would open the door of our hearts he would come in and sup with us commune with us fellowship with us listen commune with the lord don't let fear drive a wedge between you and jesus fear not and commune with him secondly secondly fear can keep you from becoming what god has ordained not only can fear keep you from communing as God has ordained, fear can keep you from becoming who God has ordained. God had ordained for Peter, Andrew, James, and John to become fishers of men. The Lord ordained for them to be more than fishermen. There was more to them than fish and nets 
in boats. They're going to go on from this situation and become mightily, mighty apostles in the body of Christ. They'll lead God's people. They'll write God, breathe epistles. They'll endure persecution in the name of the Lord and empower other saints to do the same. They could have rejected Jesus' offer to become fishers of men, but if they did, they would have been rejecting who God ordained for them to become. Let me ask you something. If I can get in your Kool-Aid one more time. Uh, are you becoming who God has ordained for your life? Is there more to you than your occupation or your station in life? Is this pandemic giving you time to wrestle with God's will for your life? Are you sensing God's call to become what he has ordained while fear is keeping you bound to what you've always been? Don't allow fear to distance you from who you are to become in Christ. If you sense God calling you to a greater work, be courageous and surrender. Don't let your narrative be that God ordained for you to become more than your profession or position during this pandemic but after Rona subsided you just rejected his call and went on doing what you've always been doing then finally y'all this thing about fear the reason why we cannot fear is because fear can not only keep you from communing as God has ordained or becoming as God has ordained it can keep you from reaching who God has ordained Jesus told them they would be fishers of men. They were called to reach people for the kingdom of God. Just as they had fished for fish, Jesus was now inviting them to become fishers of men. He invited them to fish for people with the good news of the kingdom of God. Every born again believer, every born again follower of Jesus Christ can reach people with the gospel. Everyone who's been washed by the blood of the lamb can reach people with his good news. You have some people you can reach. You have some people you can reach. In fact, there are some people you can reach that I cannot reach. Don't let fear keep you from reaching them. There are so many people perishing because too many saints of God are fearful of reaching them for Christ. It has been said that one study has revealed that up to 78% of Christians who, who participated in this one particular study have admitted that they've gone their whole Christian lives without ever telling anyone else how to become a Christian. Some Christians believe that it, is their, that, that it is their personal responsibility, while there are so many others believe it's the responsibility of the church to share the gospel. It's everyone's responsibility to share the good news of the gospel to reach people, to reach sinners who are perishing and on their way to hell. And let me ask you this. If you're fearful of reaching others with the gospel of Christ, let me ask you this. What if no one reached you? What if no one ever shared the gospel with you? What if everyone gave up on you when you were bound in sinful living? You'd still be in bondage to sin. You'd still be in darkness and on your way to hell. But praise the Lord. Praise his holy name. Somebody told you about the love of Jesus and his power to save and his gift of eternal life. Fear not. Fear not, because the same way the gospel reached you, the same way God used someone to reach you with the gospel, God can use you to reach someone with the gospel. Don't allow fear to prevent you from reaching the lost for Christ. Fear not. Fear not. Do not allow fear to distance you from communing as God ordained. Fear not. Do not allow fear to distance you from becoming what God has ordained. Fear not. Do not be afraid from em to embrace the change the Lord is ushering into your life. Well, I do thank you for your time, for my little 
Easter speech this morning, but I'm going to close by challenging everybody in here today to understand that if there was a situation that proved pivotal in Peter's life, this is certainly one of them. If you were to ask Simon Peter how he became the sold out, surrendered servant of Jesus Christ, he probably shared this story as one of his testimonies. And we all have stories like that. We have things that have happened to us that changed us forever. Some for the worse, some for the better. We've all gone through things that caused us to run to God. We've all gone through some things that caused us to draw away from God. All of us have had certain experiences that proved to be a turning point in our lives and I'm here to tell you that this pandemic this pandemic can also be a turning point for your life where from now on you can be more on fire for Christ than you've ever been from now on you can be closer to Christ than you've ever been from now on you can be more powerful in Christ than you've ever been this pandemic is challenging life and changing life as we know it I'm going to say it again it can be a coffin that kills our potential or a cocoon that propels our potential. And from now on though, life will certainly be different. This season has to make us better. This season must bring out the best in us individually and collectively. So from now on, let's fall down and live with greater humility. From now on, let's fess up and admit that we struggle with sin. From now on, let's fear not and let God have his way with our lives. From now on, you can walk in greater victory. From now on, you can live with greater peace. From now on, you can live with a greater sense of meaning and purpose. From now on, you can look back at this season of your life and tell somebody, it took Rona to get me more serious about my walk with Christ. It took Rona to get me closer to God. It took Rona to get me to the place where God could use me where I surrendered to God and let him have his way in my life some of you are going to be able to look back at this season and tell somebody it took Rona for God to get my yes yes to his will yes to his way yes I'll trust you yes I'll obey yes you can use me yes you can have your way yes I'll suffer yes I'll go through yes I'm gonna make it yes yes from now on your answer got to be yes from now on your answer must be yes I need somebody to type that in the comments. Yes, from now on, no more shucking and jiving. From now on, no more mediocrity. From now on, no more half-stepping. From now on, I'll be sold out for Christ. From now on, I'll praise him in the morning. I'll praise him at noonday. I'll praise him in the midnight hour. From now on, from now on, from now on, you're going to be more victorious. You're going to be more of a champion. You're going to be more of a conqueror. From now on, you're going to be happier. You're going to be more joyful. You're going to be at a greater sense of peace. For goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. Give him glory. Give him honor. Give him praise. Somebody holler, yes. Yes, from now on, yes, yes with my money, yes with my calling, yes with my pain, yes in my marriage, yes, yes with my time, yes with my mind, yes with my heart, yes, yes.
yes with my future yes with my ambitions yes with my dreams yes with my destiny from now on hallelujah I'm done I'm finished hallelujah it's time to go eat some brunch I'm out of here hallelujah hallelujah one more time yes all right I'm done I'm gone come on it's time to go home I've gone past my time let me get you out of here let's get these things a couple of things we got to take care of and I got to go oh but when I think about the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me I got to cry out hallelujah I'm done Lord I thank you for being so good to me I thank you for not leaving me when I walked away from you I thank you I'm finished I'm done somebody got to give him a yes today give him a yes today hallelujah hallelujah yes from now on yes my answer will be yes Lord yes from now on my life will be a resounding yes Lord yes fall down fess up fear not this coming Thursday if the Lord says the same and the creek doesn't rise forsake all follow him this has been Dr. David Anthony Clark of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. We thank you for listening. If you're ever in the Middle Georgia area, please worship with us. On the behalf of Dr. Clark and the Union Grove family, thank you for listening.